Today, we welcome sponsor Nokia back to the Tech Byte podcast to get more information about its digital sandbox and how this software, which is part of Nokia's fabric services system, helps enable a continuous integration, continuous delivery, or CICD framework for network engineers. Our guest is Erwin James. He is product line manager at Nokia. And Erwin, welcome back. And can you start us off with just a brief recap of uh, digital sandbox for folks who may not have heard our previous conversations? Sure. Thanks, Drew. Yeah, so the um, digital sandbox for us is a digital twin, which is made up of our SR Linux network operating system, which is containerized and running in a Kubernetes cluster. And it's a mechanism in which we're able to um, build an exact replica, uh, replica of what's in your production network or a subset of what's in your production network uh, in a containerized environment. But one of the key differentiators there is that we're able to actually extract the state of the current network and replicate that state back into the digital twin. So this isn't just reading the configuration of the boxes and, and sort of saying, I can reconfigure them. This is actually reading fibs, ribs, Mac tables, uh, memory, you know, all the data that makes up the device so that you can fully emulate the running state rather than the configured state. Yeah, exactly. And you can also expand that to, uh, we have the ability to actually extract operational states of ports, uh, states of BGP neighbors, for instance. So any aspect of the network operating system, which has a state, uh, we can actually inject that directly into the digital sandbox. So when I think of CICD, continuous integration, continuous deployment, that tends to to, meet, to my mind to be more on the uh, the dev side or the DevOps side. How does that relate to network engineers? What do you, what do you mean by bringing CICD-like framework to the network engineering space? Sure. There are a few things that fabric services systems bring to the table. One, you know, if we're trying to follow the, the DevOps model, a lot of the representation of application infrastructure or applications themselves uh, are done in a, a data model such as uh, YAML, right? So if we, you know, compare that to Kubernetes, that's kind of the, the, the preferred method, not the only, but the preferred. So uh, fabric services systems uh, has that capability of exposing its API and its interface to the operator in a similar model to what you'd expect from something like Kubernetes. The second piece of, of that is being able to do actual tests and validations before you push this into some sort of production network, right? And this is kind of where that digital sandbox comes to play. With the digital sandbox, we're actually able to provide a true digital representation of the network or a subset of the network, and we can mitigate race. So when we're doing actual CI, we can actually do changes, validates, tests, mitigate risk. And only once we've gone through those stages of uh, validating the changes oh. against a digital twin, can we push this into something into production? It's probably worth pointing out that the fabric services system is an intent-based network management or network system, that it is a full configuration of the data center fabric, and you can have an intent base. You declare your intent, the fabric services system does observation of the, the, the operational state, so you can see it, and then you can do fabric operations, so you can actually configure EVPNs, do your micro-segmentation, do your BGP, monitor your BGP relationships and all that sort of stuff. So the digital sandbox is perhaps the unique part about the fabric service system. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. That's correct. Yeah. So I guess the idea then is that uh, some kind of change is coming down the pipe and I can use the digital sandbox and fabric services system to find out what's going to happen if I push this change into production, but I can do it in this digital twin to look at the repercussions before it actually happens in production. Yeah, exactly. And if you think about kind of how you go about doing this today, there's kind of two models in which you can do these tests before pushing into production, right? The first model is kind of a, well, an actual model uh, representation. So an ideal representation of what the network may look like if these, these configurations were applied as expected. And then you make a change and you see what could potentially be the outcome. But again, based on an ideal representation of what the network may look like if everything was working 100% as expected. 
And you can make some small tweaks to that, but again, you're working on a, on a model representation, not on the actual uh, uh, network itself. Mm-hmm. The second model is kind of the extreme of that, right? The second way of testing in, in your changes is that you're actually pushing this into your real network, but you're doing a potential you know, commit rollback where basically if the boxes were to not accept the configuration or there was something to go wrong in the transaction, then they would automatically roll back and come back into a configuration which was in a good state, right? And mm-hmm. so those are your kind of two extremes in, in doing your testing. What we're providing with Digital Sandbox is kind of that middle piece where we're actually able to do testing against a simulated representation with the real state coming from the real network, but in a digital sandbox. So you're not actually making changes to your real network and expecting it to recover itself. You're actually making a change into the digital twin. You're validating that against the current state of the network. So if you had any uh, you know, ports that were operationally down, again, if you had some BGP neighbors which were down, which maybe not have been, but actually are in the network today, then any change you make you want to try and see what the outcome would be against that represented state, right? But I would also be able to do show IP route and see all the BGP routes that were in the table before I actually made a change and then compare it after the change sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Exactly. Whereas a lot of these intent-based systems just say, oh, this is my existing configuration. This will take me to my desired state, pushes the configuration. In, you know, and it sort of checks that the pre the configuration before it makes a change is actually what it's running internally. They're they're almost like tech sponges. They're not, but you know, their models are not as complete. Because I think of the digital sandbox as like a, a a much more comprehensive next generation model of the network that the intent based system's working on. Exactly, that's correct. Yep. Yeah, it feels like we're sort of a long way from that configuration management database, which was you know sort of your best guess of where things are. You're actually, you're not talking about something that folks have to manually keep updated, this digital twin. It's actually pulling state information regularly from your production network to make sure you're as close to ground truth as possible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, correct. So can we do anything besides config pushes with a digital sandbox? Are there other things we can use it for? Yeah, absolutely. So of course, you know, when we think of CICD pipelines, typically configuration changes is kind of the low hanging fruit. It's kind of yeah. where most of the things are happening, right? And of course, you know, the amount of changes you're making, you know, the whole continuous part of continuous integration, you know, depends on everybody's network is slightly different. The amount of changes you make is slightly different. But generally speaking, when you talk about CICD, a lot of it has to do with, you know, pushing a configuration change to the network. There are additional uses for CICD. You know, one may be more operational side. Uh, you know, you could think of it, for instance, as upgrading software across your network. You may want to validate the software upgrade in a digital twin on digital sandbox uh, and run a set of you know targeted tests against that. You may additionally, as part of your you know software upgrade pipeline, potentially push this a set of canaries in your actual real network and then again validate uh, some sort of tests there. Additionally. When you do something like that's operational, what you're actually looking for is kind of the resulted states changes in the real network. So um, what Fabric Services System brings to the table is, of course, the framework and the uh, ability to expose a digital twin against which you can make these operational changes like a software upgrade and, and mitigate the risk and may push net to production. But additionally, once you do put, you are confident and you do push this to production, Fabric Services System is able to collect that streaming telemetry, observability data, and actually do validation against the change to make sure that the desired state in the real network is also represented as what you expected from the system. Okay. And that's part of this continuous loop model of an intent-based system in that once a change goes through, I then go back and check to see what the results of that change were to make sure I'm still meeting my overall high-level intent goals. Yeah, of course. Part of intent, of course, is being declarative and trying to get the system to desired state. So that is, of course, a number one you know, the primary goal of an intent-based system like Fabric Services System is to make sure that the, the resultant state is correct. 
But, you know, you can go a step beyond that and actually look at, you know, performance metrics and, and you could tie that into the desired state to make sure that what's in the network is, is correct. And I think that's interesting that that use case about software updates, because that is kind of a sticking point. That's the reason why folks often leave, <laughs> uh, you know, potential security vulnerabilities in their software, because they don't know what's going to happen when they roll out a patch or roll out a new software version, what kind of results or effects it's going to have on the rest of the data center. Yeah, exactly. And you can also take this one step further when you get talking about CIC pipelines and potentially talk about remediation pipelines, right? So when you talk about something actually happening in the network, which shouldn't happen, something actually did go wrong. Hmm. And, and, and the intent-based system like Fabric Services system is not able to uh, you know, resolve the, the issue. It's not able to get the system into the desired state. In that case, you may want to trigger something like a remediation pipeline. And a, re a remediation pipeline could be something as simple as saying, okay, well, this node here, I've, I've, you know, I've validated my changes, my digital sandbox, I've pushed my changes to production, but actually this particular node is having potentially a, a hardware issue, right? Something you couldn't have represented a digital sandbox as an ASIC issue, it's an SFP issue, something, something's gone wrong in, in the hardware, but now I want to do something. So, you know, the typical model here is that you would alert some sort of knock and someone would, you know, look into the problem um, and try and solve the issue, right? What you can do with the remediation pipeline is actually have the system that detect an anomaly, right? So the state is not achieved, there's something wrong with the issue with the network, and you can actually trigger a remediation pipeline where it could be as simple as saying, okay, well, if, if this happens, if you detect a problem with a given node, drain the traffic. So, you know, was it push some BGP policies to drain the traffic from the node and potentially reroute your traffic all around it and then alert to knock to make sure that they're, they can take a look into the issue, right? Mm -hmm. So very simple, but it doesn't leave a node in a, you know, transient state, which is maybe not expected. Maybe it's dropping some packets, but not all. It's actually an ability for you to detect that you're not at the desired state and then have a process and a pipeline in place to potentially divert traffic, run additional tests on the network. Once you've diverted traffic, maybe you want to do that in a digital sandbox quickly before you push that to production, right? So you want to divert traffic around a node, but what does that actually look like in my digital yeah. sandbox before I actually push that to production? Right. So if I reboot a node, what happens to the traffic flows? Might be the simplistic version. Exactly. Where does it go? Does it go right. down this path like I think it might, or does it actually go down? Does it suddenly head out to the internet, which is not what I want, you know, for example? Yeah, exactly. Uh, is that, that would be one way. And the other way would be to say if I added this route to drain traffic or if I undertook this this operational step of configuration, would this actually drain the traffic the way that I thought? Now, the business value of that is that operations can do things and you don't have to. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Right? Because you can actually say like, I can validate this and then tell operations just to push this change. And you have a high level of confidence that it will do what it wants. And you can go back to the business and have a high level of confidence that changes inside of a network managed by a fabric services system is actually means you're going to go home at five o'clock and not get rung up out of hours when operations exactly. pushes Correct. it. You know? I'm big on That's five right. o'clock technology, really big on five o'clock <laughs> <laughs> So if you're talking about, you know, folks building a NetOps or a pipeline kind of discipline, does Fabric Service System and Digital Sandbox tie into sort of existing workflows that folks might have? Like I'm thinking chat ops or, uh, you know, ticketings. I guess I'm wondering how does this work operationally in terms of the processes, the workflows folks already have in place? Yeah, so we have the, the ability to tie into these systems. Additionally, we have the ability to tie into various CI/CD, you know, pipeline software. You can think of, you know, the GitLabs, the Jenkins of this world. Mm -hmm. um, the product currently does not ship with pipeline software, although that is something that we will be bundling as part of the, the fabric services system in the coming future. Uh, but today we have integrations with kind of the primary players uh, in the space such that you can easily, uh, you know, 
tie fabric server system into your existing tool set, which you're probably already using with your DevOps teams and bring the network under that fold um, and, and into under the same tool set and tooling. And that's important because that's obviously the whole point of this whole DevOps model is it has to go across a variety of traditional IT silos. Yeah, of course. And, and you could tie this into existing pipelines, which you may be using pipelines to, de- to deploy other infrastructure in your environment. And you're just bringing in now the networking piece as part of that. And you could, you know, as you said, a pipeline could be a, a large pipeline where you're doing a lot of deployments of, say, a, a certain set of computes. And part of that is validating the network before you bring that compute online. So now you're really bringing the network as a first-class citizen to the DevOps world and bringing the network and the validations and the true CI against the digital twin into your regular DevOps uh, methodologies and operations. All right, well, we're coming up to the end of this episode, but you guys are going to be back with us again. Uh, And so, Erwin, if you want to kind of tease us with what we're going to be talking about for the next Tech Bytes with Nokia. Right. So on the next episode, we're looking to talk about uh, streaming telemetry. So, so far we've talked about the digital twin. We've talked about uh, fabric services system and how it integrates into CICD pipelines and potentially bring in some observability uh, into the, into the uh, equation. And all this is really backed by a highly performing streaming telemetry system uh, that's built into SR Linux, our network operating system. So all the changes that we're extracting from the network into a, a digital twin data set is really using streaming telemetry. And so really the next episode is digging a bit deeper into what streaming telemetry is and how it enables a lot of the things that we've talked about in this episode and the previous one. Right, okay. Streaming telemetry is going to be critical for that observability piece and building that uh, digital twin. So we'll, we'll get under the covers, I guess. Uh, in the meantime, if folks want to find out more about the digital twin, about uh, fabric services system, where should they go? They can go to nokia.ly slash data dash center dash fabric. All right, that's nokia.ly slash data-center-fabric. Erwin, thanks for joining us, and, and thanks to Nokia for being a sponsor, and thanks to you for being a listener. If you like this show, there are many more fine, free technical podcasts and our community blog. It's all at packetpushers.net. You can follow us on Twitter at packetpushers. Find us on LinkedIn, hear us on Spotify, and rate us on Apple Podcasts. And last but not least, remember that too much networking would never be enough.